With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's do it. Bing, 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 boom. This is Funny the Clown Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Worth. Um, episode 164, October 11th, 2022. Um... Let's see, as, as always, today's episode is brought to you by G-Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Uh, excited to talk about our sponsor today, uh, because, uh, hey, put the whammy jam in your mouth. We just got done. I've been telling you guys about a commercial I was going to put out for them. Uh, we got the commercial done. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube, put down uh, G-Vegas Buffalo Sauce commercial, and you can see me uh reappearing from my former show the television show i did before this podcast the comedy kitchen and uh it's been getting great reviews man i'm very proud of the work we put out so uh check out the commercial then go to www.gvegas.webs.com uh check out our um our spokesperson mr tim wakefield of the boston red sox the longtime pitcher and uh order yourself up some g vegas buffalo sauce put the whammy jamma in your mouth for yourself but, um, hey, we're not here to talk about buffalo sauce, though I could. I could do an entire fucking episode on buffalo sauce, but uh, it's a comedy podcast. But a lot of people in comedy like buffalo sauce because that's what they serve at a lot of these places where you go to see comedy. So you get used to the buffalo sauce, okay? Like this next comic we're going to be discussing tonight, um, Janine Garofalo. Uh, this episode, did I mention it was episode 164? And uh, yeah, I don't know if I can. Man, world's gone to a strange place, but I'd like to end it around 200. I think I can get what I want to do with this podcast. I think I'm going to do it in 200 episodes. And we've done a lot so far. Thanks for hanging in there with me, exploring the history of comedy. And uh, got some more live guests I want to get in. Uh, I've had some great live guests on, but, uh, you know, it's not that I want to leave the podcast because I've worked so hard to get into this point where it's like it was the top podcast in New England for comedy. Now it's become one of the top podcast in the country for comedy so it's like i would love to keep it going but there's other things i want to do in comedy and i just don't want to be stuck in the podcast forever i hope you understand that uh hey like this next girl she got around let's talk about miss garoppolo here uh former co-host of the majority report on the now defunct air america radio uh let's see uh i found this interesting because i mean i can't say you know i'm really you know up on uh, on what, what she's been doing but uh, i mean you know, I knew her. So, so like I said, some of these comics I know in depth. Some of them I know a little bit. Some I know nothing about. This one I know a little bit about. I mean, I know of her. But uh, she began as a cast member on the Ben Stiller show, which is the same place where Jimmy Kimmel started. And uh, so who knew the Ben Stiller show kicking out to some great comics. I think Adam Carolla, he was a part of it, too. So, I mean, good old Ben Stiller, man. I mean, gosh, what he, uh, what he left us in the comedy world if we only knew at the time, right? Let's see. Uh, she's on the Larry Sanders show, Saturday Night Live. Uh, you know, after that, she wanted to perform in over 50 mainstream movies, having either lead or major roles in, um, you know, in, in most of them. And uh, 
Uh, let's see. Some of the more famous ones you might have known for. Uh, the Truth About Cats and Dogs. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. The Matchmaker. Uh, Reality Bites. The Wild. Uh, Steelers Movie. Clay Pigeons. Uh, Sweethearts. Mystery Men. Uh, the Minus Man and The Independent. So uh, some of the more famous work there. But man, over, can you imagine over 50 movies, man? And I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of extras could say, you know, I've been in 50 movies, an extra in a bunch of movies. But to have a lead or a major role in over 50 movies, I mean, that's, that's one hardworking gal right there. That's, I mean, I did one movie, The World Needs a New Superhero, man, and I thought it was going to take the rest of my life to complete. It was like such a, such an undertaking for us. I mean, that was a, that was an independent low budget film. So I'm sure, you know, if you're in Hollywood and they're flipping the bill, maybe it goes, goes a little quicker, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, she was a series regular on TV. Uh, what wet, hot American summer, uh, first day of camp, 24, uh, girlfriend's guide to divorce and ideal. So got her, got her foot in the door on movies and on TV, much like me with the comedy kitchen and my TV show and the world needs a new superhero, my movie, but, uh, certainly not to the level she's pulled it off here. Wow. But, we can only admire her, I guess, for her work, right? Uh, let's see. Still appears on the New York comedy scene. And that's always cool because, you know, your first love is stand-up. And I don't care what you go on to do. There's nothing like a live crowd. You can never replace a live crowd. And, yeah, you want to, you know, you want your legacy. And, you know, after you die, you want to leave a body of work for people to like. But, man, there's nothing like just the rush that you have. Uh, remember uh, Jeff Fox, why they talking about it? You know, they'd go up all night at the comedy show and make them laugh. And you can't just go home and go to bed. You got to like, you know, defuse yourself because you're so high from comedy. They said they'd hang out for, you know, hours after a comedy show at the Waffle House or whatever, which uh, ironically enough, the comedy studio up in uh, Cambridge uh, here in Boston, that's how that came about was, he said he used to hang out at the Hong Kong after so many comedy shows eating Chinese food that eventually he just opened up a club there. So, uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, she started comedy in the pre-grunge era, uh, known for her trademark thick black glasses and her unkept hair. That's the grunge look right there. Let's see. Uh, in her routine, she mostly made fun of pop culture and uh, the pressures on women to uh, to you know to deliver the 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 media's body image of what a woman should be. You know, like every woman is supposed to look like you know. Giselle Bunchen or some some supermodel shit. You know, it's like, you know, that's what they pressure you into. You gotta lose weight. You gotta lose weight. You gotta lose weight. Me, I'm a fat fuck. I'll admit it. I, I, I don't care about. It. I don't need to. I don't need to live up to anybody's image. I'm gonna die young with a big friggin' chicken bone in my 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 mouth, but I'll die happy. Okay, I'll die happy. I can live till ninety, you know, eating lettuce, or I can live till you know, sixty, whatever the fuck I want. So I'll miss out on a few years of drooling on myself to be able to eat some good meals. But that's just me, you know. I'm not for everybody. Let's see. Uh, she's a frequent at the San Francisco comedy clubs. Um, she was known for going up with a notebook full of articles uh, to do observational comedy, where you know some she'd make fun of some of the articles that she found uh, funny, which which I can see that because you know I, I ran a bunch of comedy rooms and it was like I got to the point where <clears throat> I had people enjoying my comedy so much that they were following me around. So when it's cool to have, say, hey, I got a guy, I got freaking groupies, man. They're following me around here. But 
after a while, they've heard every routine I've did. It's like this one again, this one again. So tough to get. <coughs> yeah. All right. I have been sick, but sick or not, I'm doing this damn podcast. So I have a sore throat and I'm sneezing. I got a stuffy nose, but hey, sick or not, the show must go on. That's what they say. So hear me coughing and sneezing. That's why I'm a little bit sick, but uh, we're going to get this done anyway, because uh, I would not keep Danny and, uh Waiting because you know she deserves her spot on Funny Like Clown podcast uh, discussing the uh, history of comedy. Certainly, she's a big part of the history. Uh, let's see. She was part of part of the alternative comedy scene in the nineties. Um, she created the Eating It alternative comedy show. Uh, let's be. She did HBO's Comedy Half Hour and Hour specials. So. Most would die just to get on the half-hour special. We get your own hour special on it. Oh, my gosh. This was, you know. Now, this was back in the day, everybody. This was before Netflix was around. HBO was the place to be for a while. And it was all, yeah, can you get your, you know, Showtime, HBO, or Cinemax, or one of the pay channels. Can you get you get on there? Because you can say whatever you want on there within reason. Then it was Comedy Central for a while. They took over Comedy for a while. Then Netflix came along. Now, they got all the big stuff going on. Who knows what's next? You know, you gain one thing, but you lose another. You know, you lose driving around with your friends, listening to the hot, hot comedy album. We've talked about that a hundred times on the podcast. But, uh, hey, you can't step technology. The future is here, okay? So, uh, let's see. Uh, she did her half-hour and hour comedy specials from 95 and 97, respectively. Uh, got her own one-hour special on there. She called, uh, if you will, on Epics uh 2010 and plus she released it on dvd uh let's see uh here's one you might not have known about her she was offered the part of dorothy and jerry Maguire opposite tom cruise which jerry Maguire was a huge 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 hit and uh you know the thing was they said she could have the role as long as she slimmed down because you know you had to look you had to look sexy if you're going to play opposite Tom Cruise. So uh, she did the work, man. She put it in after slimming down. She was notified that uh, Renee Zellweger won the role instead. So uh, I don't know. Would you thank them for, for hey, thanks for getting me skinny anyway? Or, hey, fuck you. I just busted my ass uh, eating lettuce and working out every day to get your freaking roll. Then you go behind my back and give it to somebody else, you motherfucker. So I'm not, I don't know. I'd probably be happy I'm skinny. But, you know, on the side of me, I'm like, you fucking motherfucker. But, uh, hey, welcome to show business, man. That's how it is. Uh, I think what on the, uh, what, American Idol there, what's his name, uh, Simon Cowell, he says, you know, you can't stand being shit on this business, shit on in this business, then get the hell out because you, you're going to get kicked down more than you're going to get picked up in this business. But you got to roll with the punches. That's the only way you're going to make it in this business. Uh, she turned on Rolling Scream, which uh, she, she said because she didn't want to be involved with the violence and uh, – but after she seen it, she found it funny, which we all did. You know, it was thought it was going to be a horror movie, like a serious horror horror movie, but it was a spoof on horror movies. So uh, they did find a way to make it funny, but she thought it was going to be more more violence oriented. So she didn't want to, you know, contribute to that. Uh, let's see. She was in Copland, a drama with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro. So hey, you're rubbing elbows with those two guys. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Sure, I could put that one on my resume. Why not? Uh, this voice work for Disney. If you're going to do voice work, hey, hey, Disney's the place to be now, isn't it? Yeah. 
how many freaking movies they got. There's like the, the top of the chain right there. We've talked about that one before. Uh, here's an interesting. A puppet version of Garofalo uh, appeared and was graphically killed off in a 2004 Team America World Peace movie. And uh, she was irritated by the film and uh, the filmmaker's lack of correspondence. Okay, so... Uh, but, you know, there's a law, you know, as long as you're doing it in a, uh, you know, a funny way where you're spoofing it, you're not actually like, you know, Mickey Mouse's trademark. So you couldn't put out a Mickey Mouse movie or they'd sue the shit out of you. But if you do a parody, that's what they call it. You do like a parody of Mickey Mouse. That's why The Simpsons gets away with so much bullshit using other characters that nobody gives them permission to do because if you do it as a parody, they can't do shit about it. So there wasn't much that... Uh, that she could do about it, you know, that even though it irritated her, they're using her likeness and killed it off. But uh, I guess she ran into the uh, directors actually on the street and said, you know, the least you could do, you, you could have sent me the damn puppet. So they took her address and told her they sent her the puppet, but they never, ended, she said she never ended up getting the puppet. So she was more pissed off. I, I don't know if she wanted a souvenir or what the hell the deal was, but uh, I don't know, but you know, hey. They say the highest form of flattery is uh, impression. So, I mean, the fact they thought enough of her that they wanted to put a puppet of her in there, I guess, whether you liked it or not, at least. You got to be flattered. At least they knew the hell you, you were that they wanted to do that. Um, did some more voice work for uh, Pixar's Ratatouille. And uh, let's see. Uh, she got started, what, years ago? in the MTV uh, half-hour comedy show which i mean yes back in the day mtv they had a half hour they had a little comedy thing going on there for a while uh then of course as we mentioned she went over the ben stiller show but that was her first television appearance was mtv's half hour comedy on the first time she got on tv uh i guess some chance meeting on the ben stiller show she ended up uh hooking up and getting over on the larry sanders show on hbo won herself two primetime emmys over there nothing wrong with that uh, after that, she went on to Saturday Night Live, which, I mean, it's like every comic's dream is to host Saturday Night Live, to be on Saturday Night Live, because how many stars have come from Saturday Night Live? But, uh, yeah, Jenny Ann, she said uh, she, she was left sad by the experience and uh, left her anxious and depressed, I guess, is what she said about it, uh, because I guess, I don't know, because, well, I guess you can't say it was a woman, because there's been a lot of famous women comedians to come off of there but she said she was only given secondary roles and most of them were in like juvenile and homophobic, homophobic skits which i remember what we talked about gilbert Gottfried. he didn't have a good time on saturday night live either for the same reason he was always you know he was in the background they'd never let him you know show what a comic he could be he was always just kind of kicked around i guess and she said you know one of the sadder experiences of her comedy career so who knows saturday night live so it's a great thing and for some it's a sad experience uh, some of the more popular shows we all watched, you might have seen her on Mad About You, uh, Seinfeld, uh, Michael Moore's TV radio, uh, news radio. Uh, Joe Rogan came off that one, Joe Rogan podcast. Sure, sure. Maybe he listens to Funny Like Clown podcast. We don't know what Joe's listening to. Anyway, a uh, couple of uh, pilots she had for ABC and NBC, but they weren't picked up. One was about Annie Duke, the famous poker player that would have. Now, I'm, I'm into poker myself, so I know who Annie Duke is. I would have found that interesting. But, and I don't want to say this the wrong way. She, she's 
Annie Duke seems like a, a genuinely nice person. And I think, you know, we could be friends, but at the same time, she's kind of a little, little snooty. She gets at the poker table. Like she has to prove herself. Right. Like she almost like too much has to prove herself. Right. Like, even if she is right. Okay. You don't have to like rub it in that you're right. You know, she is, I'm right. That's the only thing. Other than that, she sends like, I seen her on, uh, you're fired. What the Donald Trump movie there with the hell? What was the name of that movie? Wasn't a movie, it was a show. What was the name of the show? The Apprentice. Ah, seen her Annie Duke on The Apprentice, and she seemed like a genuinely nice girl. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jenny, she did some uh, voice work for Comedy Central's Freak Show. So, man, I mean, these are just the names. You know, Disney, Pixar, Comedy Central, HBO. These are the places you want to be if you're a comedian, folks. Let's see. Uh, she wrote a mini book for a 6DB set of uh, my so-called life. Uh, let's see. She's uh, appears in segments on the Henry Rollins show, which uh, Henry was an interesting guy. I actually saw an interview about him and uh, he was, uh, he talked about how he traveled the world and just the experiences he had in other countries, you know, looking at it from an American's point of view and just how they look at us and, Thought one of the more more interesting he says stuff he said is like you know you go to all these other countries you're worried am I safe over here and he's like the most trouble he's ever had in his life has been in America it's like he travels around people treat you a lot better than do right here at home you know he's like most trouble he's ever gotten in this country right here. Let's see, uh, she was in the cast of Twenty Four Criminal Minds uh, Suspect Behavior. I guess that was a spinoff of the original Criminal Minds Suspect Behavior. Didn't last very long, but still on it. That's credit to your name. Uh, let's see. She was on a Netflix prequel to uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, another big brand name right there, Netflix. Let's see. Uh, E4's comedy series, Gap Year. Uh, let's see. She co-wrote a New York Times bestseller with Bette Midler. Um Feel this book, an essential guide to self-empowerment. Uh, some other books, uh, Spiritual Supremacy, Sexual Satisfaction. Uh, uh, I guess she's, yeah, I mean, she, she does the circuit of political humor, which, I mean, we've talked about, you know, if you're a major comedian on the major networks and you got writers and stuff, I mean, you can do political humor and look at Dennis Miller. He's gone on to do, you know, guys like that who can make it, but on the local scene, man, you can piss some people off doing political humor, man. It's a really, it's a touchy place to be, but, you know, everybody's passion is so much about it. Uh, she calls herself a progressive feminist and said she was raised in a conservative family. Um, let's see. She took notice uh, when she opposed the Iraqi war on CNN and Fox News. So, you know, they're calling her in as a correspondent and she's always, she's opposing these things, which... You know, it gets gets you recognized, I guess, in the political world. Uh, she's appeared with uh, Ralph Nader. Uh, she's had on-air disputes with Bill O'Reilly and John Goldberg. So uh, I guess she's tackling that political arena, which is a very dangerous arena being. Uh, on the other hand, if you do tackle it, you get to go like do, you know, you get to appear at the White House doing, you know, White House correspondence dinners. They're always looking for comedians and stuff. So. I don't know if she's ever been invited, but hey, you heard it here first on Final Clown Podcast. Let's get Miss Garofalo over to the White House and have her do some freaking entertaining. It'll probably be entertaining, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
2003, she joined the anti-war march in Washington, D.C., which uh, there's been so many marches down there in Washington, D.C., and it's I guess it's a cool thing to say you did, and it's like, you know, who, who can beat the numbers to get the most people down there to march? But, I mean, have you ever heard of a march really changing anything? <laughs> it's like, well, it draws some attention, I guess, whether you change something or not. You're drawing attention to your cause, which awareness is the key. I'm a father's rights activist, man, and I know that better than awareness is the key if you're going to solve any problems. So I guess it's more about, you know, drawing awareness to your cause than it is you're really, you're not going to march to the White House, knock on the door. I mean, yeah, here's our beef and then have them change it. It just, it don't really work that easily. But hey, if you can get some publicity out of it, then why not? Um, she admittedly struggled with alcohol and uh, gave up drinking in 2001. And good for her because that is one mean disease right there. My best friend, uh, I grew up with since we were little kids, man. He was a chronic alcoholic and he tried it, fought it, fought it, went to AA, went to AA, couldn't beat it and ended up taking his own life. It just, man, I saw how once great man was just taken down by this just horrible, horrible thing we call alcohol. And uh, so good for her for, for getting the help she needed and having the strength to do that. Now I am a bigger fan. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Um, here's a funny one. Can you, I mean, can you imagine this one happening to you right here? She married uh, Robert Cohen, who was a writer for the Ben Stiller show, in 1991 in Las Vegas because they got like, you know, the Elvis weddings or whatever, you know, drive-by weddings, whatever. Uh, she said, which most people, you get drunk out there, you do things as a joke, I think. Uh, oh, what's her name there? The uh, the singer. <laughs> yeah, how many singers went to Vegas and got married? Uh now it's going to bother me. I can't think of her name. Britney Spears, she did the same thing, got married out there, and he divorced the later. But she said they only did it as a joke, you know, because you walk into these things, yeah, let's get married as a joke, where, you know, she thought, you know, if she didn't file the paperwork at the courthouse, how could it possibly be legal? But in Vegas, you don't have to do that crap. They made it legal without doing it. So little did she know, she did a joke of them getting married, and it was an actual real marriage, and they were married. And they didn't even find out, I guess, till later on Cohen went to get actually married. And uh, he was informed, hey, you already are married and you need to get divorced before you get married again. So I guess they went and got it taken care of. But if that ain't a freaking routine in comedy, I don't know what it is, man. I, I got married in Vegas as a joke and come to find out I was actually married. Well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless you're married. Then you got to get that shit taken care of in a, in a courthouse outside of Vegas and let them know the stupid shit you did while you were down there. This is Funny Like Clown Podcast. Uh, yeah, hats off to Jenny Ann Groffalo, man. I mean, quite the comedy career and uh, every local comic can only, you know, you, you, you dream about a storybook, you know, thing like that. I mean, you know, you, you're doing good in the comedy club. Somebody notices you get on this little show on MTV, you know, where, you know, your first television appearance, you get noticed. All of a sudden you're on this little up and coming show, the Ben Stiller show. Then all of a sudden you're freaking here, there, Larry Sanders, Saturday Night Live. Boom, you're in 50 friggin' movies. This is, that's like the American friggin' dream of a comedian. And damn it, she lived it. So good for her. And, uh, we can't all live it, folks. But hey, you know what? I got to admit, I was working on my resume in comedy the other day. And it's like, 
some of the shit you forget you even did, and you don't think you did that much until you put it down on a piece of paper in front of you. And by the time I got to the bottom of the resume, I was just looking, I was like, damn, I've done a lot more than I even thought I did in comedy. I was pretty proud of myself. So she's proud of herself. I'm proud of myself. Hopefully you're proud of yourself. Whatever you do, you take pride in it. I don't care if you, if you shovel shit, you get a golden pitchfork and you, you just take pride in whatever you do. Be the best at whatever you do. I don't care what you do in life. That's what's going to get you ahead. Okay. Till next time, this is Final Clown Podcast. Go check out my new commercial for G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. Don't forget to do that. It's on YouTube. G Vegas Buffalo Sauce commercial. Uh, leave a comment for me. I'd love to know somebody from the podcast. Uh, Actually went there and seen it, left a comment, man, and it's been getting some great reviews. Very proud of the proud of the commercial, and I'm proud to sponsor the Buffalo Sauce here. Well, that they sponsored me here for that. You know, hey, check it out. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.